Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. This weekend's first reading is probably one of the most powerful and one of the most difficult stories in all of the Bible. It really cuts to the heart of what biblical faith is all about. It's the story of God demanding Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. I would argue, after the story of Exodus in the Old Testament, this was the story that summed up biblical faith. Listen now how it begins. Then God said, Take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust, a sacrifice, on a height that I will point out to you. Abraham's son Isaac, it's his only son. In fact, he's a special son that God gave Abraham and Sarah in a most miraculous way. More to it, Isaac plays an instrumental part in God's covenant with Abraham. Now recall the story in Genesis. Three men appear before Abraham and Sarah. And so both Abraham and Sarah engage in this frenzied pace of hospitality. They greet the three men. They offer them a seat under a shady tree. They offer them a drink, and then they make a wonderful meal for them. Now, these three men prefigure our doctrine of the Holy Trinity. After they're finished with their meal and about to leave, one of the men turns to Abraham and says that they will come back a year from now, and at that time, Sarah will be pregnant. Well, upon hearing that, Sarah lets out this huge roar of laughter. Why? Because Abraham and Sarah are both well into their 90s. And yet, it comes true. A year later, Sarah gives birth to their only child, a boy, and they name him Isaac, which in Hebrew means God laughs. Now, this child is very special, and not just because of the miraculous conception, but because God tells Abraham that through Isaac, Abraham will become the father of many nations. That's why he says in the first reading, your descendants will be more numerous as the stars of the sky. So Isaac meant everything to Abraham and Sarah. He was their beloved son. And yet now God tells Abraham he wants him back. Essentially what God is telling Abraham is, you know that beautiful gift of life that I gave you in Isaac? Well, now I want him back. And worse yet, God demands Abraham to carry out the sacrifice as if it's insult to injury. Now, can, we can only imagine or begin to imagine the anguish and the despair Abraham must have felt upon hearing this from God. I would imagine all these questions started rising up within Abraham. You know, what could God possibly want with Isaac? How could God do this? You know, give him this special gift of life in Isaac, and now he's snatching it away. And how can I, a father, kill my own son? Well, these, I'm sure, were all questions that gnawed 
deep in Abraham's heart. Now we find out from the story, it's a three-day walk from where Abraham is to Mount Moriah, where the sacrifice must take place. And so Abraham and Isaac, they set out. Again, we can only imagine how wrought Abraham was with anxiety and sadness on this journey. Here, for three days, they were walking side beside each other, eating together meals, camping out. All the while, Abraham knows that he's fully aware once they reach the destination, he will have to carry out the sacrifice. At the same time, Isaac is completely oblivious to what's going on. Isaac, with trust, he believes that he and his dad are traveling to sacrifice an animal as a spiritual offering to God which was a common practice during that time, never suspecting that he himself would actually be the sacrifice. Finally, they get to Mount Moriah, and Abraham places the wood for the sacrifice on Isaac's shoulders. Isaac is now carrying the instrument of his own destruction, just like Jesus Christ carried his cross. Now there's that gut-wrenching scene in which Isaac turns to his dad, Abraham, And he asks, you know, where is the sheep for the sacrifice? Abraham looks at Isaac and he says, God will provide. God will provide. Now the story reaches its apex. Abraham binds Isaac's hands and feet and he places him on the altar, about to sacrifice him. As the knife is raised up, the angel we hear quickly catches Abraham's arm, preventing him from carrying out the sacrifice. Now, notice what happens next. God rewards Abraham. God says, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and sands on the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies. And in your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. Now, what are we to make of this story? How are we to understand it? And better yet, how do we apply it in our life? Well, I think this story sums up a principle that's on display throughout the entire Bible. It's the law of the gift. Your life, your faith will have meaning and purpose, will increase by the very measure in which you give it away as a gift in service to God and others in this world. Abraham, with faith, was prepared to give his only son back to God. And yet, because of his great faith, he trusted in God, even with his son's own life. And God blessed Abraham for that. And in doing so, Abraham's faith increased in the process. Through Isaac, Abraham now becomes the father of many nations. And so, your life, your faith will have fulfillment, will increase by the very measure in which you give it away as a gift in service to God in this world. See, when we do that, what does God do? Well, he takes what we give him, which is the gift of ourselves. He blesses us and strengthens us. And see, that's what we see with Abraham. Now, just the opposite can take place. Your life and your faith will diminish by the very measure in which you cling to it and not share it in service to God and others in this world. Again, go back to that law of the gift. It really flies in the face of the logic of this world. What does the world tell us always? If you like something, in fact, even if you love something, hang on to it. Grab it. Keep it to yourself. You earned it. Let the others fend for themselves. 
Well, that attitude is not biblical. Biblical law says, if you want your life to be enriched, give it away as a gift and service to God in this world. See, what is God really asking of Abraham? He's telling Abraham, I want you to give away what you love the most, your beloved son. See, now we see how this story carefully is connected with Jesus' sacrifice. On Mount Calvary, God the Father sacrifices the Son, for, not for his sake, but for our sake. Now fast forward to the gospel for today. It's the story of the transfiguration. Now one important aspect of the story is what Jesus is discussing with Elijah and Moses, which is his impending death and sacrifice. See, now we see how the story of Abraham runs parallel to the story of Jesus and his sacrifice on Calvary. Abraham and Isaac, they climb Mount Moriah for the sacrifice. Jesus climbs Mount Calvary for his sacrifice. Isaac carries the wood for his own sacrifice while Jesus carries the cross. Herein lies the beauty of the first reading. With all the emotion generated from the story of Abraham and Isaac, it's meant to be transferred to God, the Father and the Son. Just as Abraham felt terrible anguish at the sacrifice of his beloved son, so God the Father felt anguish at the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, the frightening difference between the two stories, God the Father carries through with the sacrifice of Jesus. And see, that's the law of the gift in its purest form. And in doing so, we will have life and life in abundance. By the very measure in which Jesus gives away his life for our sake, we will have life and eternal life for us all. And so it reinforces the biblical truth, the law of the gift. Do you want your faith to increase? Do you want your life to be enriched and have fulfillment and meaning? Well, then give it away. Give it away as a gift in service to God and others in this world. And then you will have it. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.